Welcome to Tech This Way. Anyway, thanks a lot for joining us. No problem. Joining me. It's a pleasure. Um, so CEO for Inti. Ah, it's a job. It's a job, <laughs> but it's a fairly interesting job in a very interesting industry right now. Yeah, I love right? it. I mean, it's something that uh, I look forward to going to work. Hmm. Right, it's a. Uh, I feel really privileged, right, to be to to be in to this bra- position to, to be brainwashing all these kids. To be able to have an impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess before we go into that though, how uh, did you how did you end up where you are? You know, I mean, go as far back as you want, even if it's before your education. I mean, your work in education. Well, I mean, like I kind of fell into this in mm. a very roundabout way. Okay. Right. I didn't start out wanting to be uh in this line. Um, didn't even think about it. All right. So um, I went to all these um uh, little schools um. Uh, Kuala Krai Primary School. Oh, okay. Um, so, so, so you're from Kuala Krai? My father had a job ah. where he was transferable. Okay. Right? So I went to school in Kuala Krai Primary School. Then I went to secondary school, Form 1, Form 2 in Kuala Krai as well. Then we moved to this place called Palo in Johor. Hmm. It's, uh, the town has two, two streets. Literally two streets. Okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Small, uh, small town. Small town. To, to get to Kluang. There were no roads. So you had to take the train. Okay. Uh, so that was it. Or you go on this laterite road. When it rains, guarantee you'll get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It was uh, 40 miles of laterite road. Wow. Uh, otherwise, you take the only paved road. You go to Kankabaru. From Kankabaru, you go to Yongping. Which is, by the way, a town which probably four streets. Right. Right. So, hey, but it's double yours lah. Ah, uh, yeah lah. <laughs> so when we okay. went to that town, culture shock. Everyone goes around, all your classmates know how to ride a motorcycle. Number uh, one. Even no though they're 14. Yes, and no helmet. What's that? Helmets are like... Optional. Uh, optional, right? <laughs> so the biggest building there besides the school was the police station. Okay. Yeah, so, so that was it. No hospital, you know... Wow. Um, At least a post office. Uh, yes. Small post office. Small, uh, and police station. Big police station. A school building. Typical school building. Right? And then, of course, uh, the railway station. A huh. uh, small one, right? Because that's how you get to Kluang. Which, by the way, is a town. <laughs> Thankfully, we're more than four streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, everybody would go to Kluang. Get on the train. Go to Kluang. You know, buy your stuff and come back. Right. Yeah, so so that those were that so you was grew the, up in really small yeah. rural Malaysia, la. Yes, you know. Then I did form six. Oh, form six. Of course, such a small town doesn't have form six. So all of us have to go to um, Klang High School. Okay. Uh, so the whole lot, you know, went to Klang High School. Uh, then had to look for rented rooms and all that. So so that was that was my typical, you know, mm. schooling. Mm. Right. So very 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 normal, very typical Malaysian style schooling. Mm. Right, so, which, they're good and bad, but I guess um, 
through some circumstances, I, I, I ran and trained as an accountant and um, I ended up uh, in an MNC. Okay. Okay. So, you know, typical, the way we have been taught, you keep quiet, you sit in the class, you know, you don't answer. If the teacher doesn't ask you to answer, if you answer wrongly, the whole class laughs at you. Yeah. Right? So, so you're not exactly encouraged to have a conversation, not, a discussion. It's not a la. safe place to even like, you know, and, yeah, yeah. right? Because in, in those days, you know, you make a, you give a wrong answer, there'll be smart, some smart like laughing at you, right? Mm, mm. In the first place, if mm. the teacher didn't ask you for an opinion or so, who asked you to have an opinion? Why you say, yeah. Right, so in fact, probably the teacher doesn't want you to have an opinion. Right? Yeah. I am here to regurgitate whatever I have into you, your brains and you uh, absorb. Yeah, and you just do your homework. Which, mm. by the way, we also cheated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go and borrow the homework of the, well, the hardworking kids and you just copy. And copy. All uh, right. So, so, anyway, so... So, it was a, a typical yeah, classroom very, setting, Yeah, right? very, typical, setting uh, very typical. Very typical. Um, so, yeah. But I would say um, one which was in some ways very inclusive, mm. right? Because, you know, you had people from all walks of life. Yeah. Uh, so, it was, was fun, but I wouldn't say it was uh, what gave you the tools to be in an MNC. Okay. Um, and then, you know, when I, uh, when I trained as an accountant, I did a professional accounting course. Mm-hmm. I did ACCA. Okay. So, again, you know, didn't go to a university, didn't have, uh, you know, the sort of environment where people will encourage you to speak up and all that you know ACCA is just it's, it's really really tough technically right so you just you know make sure that you technically you're you're there and all mm. that right and on top of all that you know I challenged myself I wanted to finish everything in uh, four sittings flat okay straight from beginning to the end which I did wow yeah that time you know wanted to come out and earn money right uh, so that was the fastest way of earning money right mm-hmm. so from six, you know, all your friends in university are still in university and you're out in the Working workforce. Already, yeah. uh, right, so, yeah. Now you think back, you don't know what the rush was. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah. You, you realize that you, I'm not sure who you were competing with. Like, everybody seems to be competing with each other. Right? Yeah. But at this stage now, nobody knows what, what batch you are. Nobody cares, right? You're always on your own. Yeah, race. so, but those are the things. But those are the things. Right? Uh, in fact, if you can skip class, I mean, skip year is even better. Yes, right? yes, yes. That's this race that you're going on, yeah, you know, right? Go, to work quick, right? Yeah. Mm. So, so when I ended up in an MNC and I remember, you know, so we would sit in conference calls and I would write notes and pass to my boss. Mm. Right? Because I didn't dare to say. Right. Uh, what do people think I'm stupid? Hmm. Right. So one day, he unmuted and he said, Lena has something to say. Oh, out of the blue? Yeah. The next minute, you can hear douche. My head actually hit the table. <laughs> I was like, my God, how can he do this to me? I am such a good employee. I, like, you know, work my, yeah. you know, everything off, you know, for you and you do this to me. Oh, so, so you saw it as a punishment? Or yes, a- right. Which is a very strange way of thinking, right? Yeah. So, and you know, like, you know, you start sweating and all that, you know, because <laughs> you... <laughs> On the I spot. Have, yeah, yeah, I have to say something, you know, and basically, you have 10 markets in Asia, they're all sitting there listening and uh, you have no choice, right? Okay. Such a horrible experience, right? Yeah. So then I went back home that night and I thought to myself, I said, why did that happen? Why was I so absolutely terrified, huh. right? Then, you know, slowly you admit to yourself, why are you so terrified? Because you don't want to look stupid in front of everyone else. Mm. Right? And you're so mm. afraid that you look stupid. 
Mm. And that's where, you know, I think that, you know, our schooling system doesn't really help us uh, because it doesn't give our kids a safe environment to learn how to speak up. Mm. And so... To be wrong. To explore. To explore, yeah. Right, to to be encouraged. And, I mean, that's not exactly the best thing. Mm. Right, so... Do you think that is still a problem today? Definitely was during our time, but today too. I I think that... um, it's getting better, but I would still say that we really need to provide people with an environment where they can practice in a safe way. Mm. Right? And at the end of the day, it's all about practice. Mm. Nobody is born knowing how to do this. Yeah. Right? So. But your parents would have said, look, you got your ACCA. So the education system must have been quite good that put you through that, right? I mean, the focus was to get your. Paper qualifications, right? Yes. And yeah. I was considered brilliant because nobody makes it through ACCA in like, you know, four sittings flat start right. to end, right? Yeah. But at no the end repeats. of the day, yeah. you know, it, yes, it equipped me very, very well for the technical part. Mm. But as we all know, when you go out to work, it's not only the technical part, right? Mm. You do need to know the technical stuff. But you have a wrapper of skills that you need. Yeah. And in this day and age, that's even more important. Right, so yeah. yeah, so 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 yeah, that was it then. So yeah. after MNC, after your MNC stint, then what did you do? Um, yeah, then I came to Inti, but but so let let me see, let me let me just talk a little bit about how I I got through this. Okay, so sure. I, I I told myself and said, okay, mm. what are you so afraid of? You're really really afraid of people thinking that you're stupid, right? right. So I said, okay, I'm gonna challenge myself because I know if I don't, I'll never go anywhere that that is my limit right that will yeah. always be my fear and how do you get rid of the fear you stare it in the eye right so my next meeting I said that I'm going to go and say this okay? <laughs> I'm going to say excuse me excuse me I'm not sure whether I'm asking, asking a stupid question so I was like ha duh before you call me stupid I call myself stupid you got no chance to call me stupid I've already done it okay that's it I put the elephant on the table right so I said uh, A said this and this and then you said this and this uh, how do we connect the dots? Because I don't really understand. Maybe can you help me understand this? Right? And there was dead silence in, huh. in the meeting because actually nobody else knew the answer. Right. So you thought initially, oh, oh right. You know, was I the only idiot here? Yes. So I put it as me, you know. No one knew the answer. Hmm. Right? So yeah. so that, that was, you know, that was the first time I was like, hey, actually the only question, which is a stupid question, is the question that wasn't asked. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everyone else knows it. And what have you got to lose? Everybody's scared to ask too, right? But did you go back to your boss earlier and said, like, hey, why did you put me on the spot? Did you ever ask him? He or saw her? me. I was sitting in front of him. Right. You know, and he he saw my head go boom <laughs> on the table. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he was this Englishman, very stiff upper lip, said, nope. Last time I'm asking questions for you. You ask your own questions. Yeah. Oh, I see, because you were scribbling questions for him to ask. For the last six, seven months, every time scribble questions, scribble questions, you know. (laughs) You go ask lah. (laughs) Yes, precisely, right. I think he just got fed up. It's like, you know, you have a voice. You know, when, when, you know, we're not in meetings where there's lots of people, you have Mm. a lot of opinions. But you must only tell me. You can't tell everyone else, right? Because too scared. Yeah. Right? So, so I think he actually gave me, you know, he, he challenged me and... And of course, I had to go back and be very truthful to myself as well. Mm. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. So from that moment on, I kind of lost all 
that thing about being stupid, right? So I was like, okay, so what if I'm stupid? Okay. Every time I ask a question, I put the elephant on the table. I already offered to you that I may be stupid. Okay, but I'm still going to ask that question because I'll learn something. And you need to know for whatever reason. Right? Yeah. So, so that was how, you know. And then there was a project that was supposed to carry the MNC 20 years into the future. Okay. And, yeah. And then they made this call. Uh, we were an organization of 40,000 people. Um, 40,000 plus people. They wanted 40 from all over the world. Mm. And um, they basically wanted six finance persons, six sales, six order capture, six order fulfillment, um, three customer care, and six marketeers. Okay. Right. So, mm. and everybody interviewed for it. And I looked at it and I was like, I have no chance in hell of getting in, right? But um, this one of my friends kept saying, you should go and try, you should go and try. So I remember putting in the entry three minutes before midnight. The cutoff is midnight. Mm. And we were freaking out because we didn't know whether it went through. And then as you have it, you know, we have IT issues and all that. Then I sent it to another friend in New York and I said, did you get my email? And she said, yeah, yeah, I got your email. So it must have gone through, right? right. Okay, so so that was that. So they conducted interviews and I looked at the people I was Well, this is a fairly to. serious project if they did oh, yeah, this, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it was interviews a, they, to get an internal project. I think US 400 million. Oh, okay. Uh, fairly sizable irrespective of the size of the company. Yeah, so it's supposed yeah. to be a three-year project. So, hmm. Yeah, so I interviewed for it and then I saw who I was up against, you know, the people. I was like, okay, there is really no way in hell I'm going to get this, mm. right? So, okay, never mind. We just interviewed for, for the heck of it, right? And I remember telling the interviewer, good luck with the rest, you know, of, of the interviews. I hope you have as much fun you know, talking to them as I've had talking to you. Right. I did have fun talking to him uh. because I was like, what the heck, you know, you're not going to get it, so no right? pressure. Really, right? <laughs> no pressure. So just, you know, they asked why you want to do this and I was like, oh, you know, because it was a transformation project, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, you know, this is how I see it. Da, 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 you know. Okay. Then the call came and I actually got it. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it, you know. Ah. Yeah. Then I asked this same boss who had, you know, actually unmuted the phone. Right. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, what are you going to do? You know, because we work very, very closely. And he was like, just go for it, right? Mm. And he said that, you know, I he was very kind. He actually said that, you know, um, I'll pretend you walked out the door and got hit by a bus. I'll manage. I'll manage. And just go. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so long and short of it was I went home, asked the husband. The husband said, mm, okay. I said, you sure? And he was like, mm, okay. So, okay. Everybody packed. We went across. So, we went across. Where uh, to? New York. Oh, I see. Uh, wow. Yeah, so... And it was such a big project, you know, they... So they brought 40 families from all over the world together. Amazing. Yeah, and they, yeah. they housed us in temporary housing. There were so many of us, we took the entire block. Then they had to go and take the block opposite the road for temporary housing. And it was it was really crazy. So the expectation is for three years, you'll be there running this project, or doing this project. Um, and, you know, like, you had... Um, you had, I think, uh, one Guatemalan, hmm. four Brazilians, um, a Polish, um, a Hungarian. Um, it's either one Bulgarian or two Bulgarians and one Romanian. I can never tell them apart. Or is it two two Romanians, one Eastern Bulgarian? Europe, or, uh, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they also go together always. You know, yeah. uh, you had people from the UK and of course people from all over the US who also relocated. Yeah, right. So, and this Malaysian. And this Malaysian. How many Malaysians were there? One Malaysian, one Asian. Oh. Me. 
the wow. whole project. So you represented the whole of Asia. Yeah. Right. So it was freaky and, you know, we a, a lot of fun. We all had to yeah. relearn how to take our driving test. You know, we, we had to have... We had... The US doesn't care. You can have any driver's license. They make you redo your driver's right, test, right? right? Mm. So it was crazy. You had people who... You know, we have all been driving for a long time. We all have bad habits, right? Yeah. So, uh, and some people, you know... So I think... We cause chaos at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> this 40 crazy... Oh, yeah, not 40, lah, but, you know, enough yeah. <laughs> crazy for foreigners. Yeah. yeah, so there was a Brazilian guy who... Went, it was absolutely funny because, you know, his English is not so good. So the um, the, the tester said uh, um, something like, you know, turn around or something. And he he, he signaled and he pulled to, pulled to, the, to side. the side. And the guy said, I told you to turn around. He says... Relax, relax. I English no so good. I need think first, okay? <laughs> so he pulled to the side to try to translate and say, ah! He put a signal and he turned, okay? So we had all sorts of crazy stories like this, okay? Yeah. And it culturally, it was very diverse and remember the Guatemalan um, and there was also a Spanish lady, right? Mm. So And the Guatemalan comes into the office every morning and his greeting is he goes and kisses everyone. Okay. Uh, that's his. I guess that's the, the thing, lah. Uh, so, I'm like, okay, if this is what is done, this is what is done, lah, right? Every morning he comes and kisses you on the cheeks and all that, right? So finally, after one and a half months, the Spanish woman says, "Enough, no more kissing." And I'm like, "Ooh, this is not done." Right? Yeah. And she was like, "We kiss too in Spain, but not every day." Okay, I see you every day. Stop it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a. Pretty much of a melting yeah, pot. Interesting um, cultural uh, yeah. mix. Like. Yeah, but a, a lot of fun. Mm. But, you know, I asked myself, I said, why do you have all these people from Europe, from countries that I've never heard of, right? And Asia is so large. Why do you only have one Asian? Mm. Right, so why? I mean, like, aren't we good enough? Obviously, there are there are other countries in the organization, lah. In the other countries, I mean, in in Asia. Yes, huh. we and were in ten only, markets. Huh, only just just the Malaysian. Um. Mm. So and why as a sole representative of Asia, right? So, and then as I observed it, then it hit me, the same thing, that I had a challenge with earlier in my life. It's just that I was so much more blessed because of the exposure, mm. because of having a boss who forced me to speak up. Mm. Right, so uh, I mean, the people in Asia they were great, you know, technically, but a lot of them struggled to also speak. Mm. Right, so a lot of them struggled to, you know, collaborate right? mm. because you have this Asian, you know, psyche about not losing face. Yeah. You know, one thing to, you know, what if people, you always doubt yourself, you know, what if people know that I don't know? Mm. Right. This is a very different mindset to one where it says that, okay, it's fine, I don't know, and therefore I'm going to find someone who knows and we're going to work together. Mm. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So, I think... It was those... more about your own self-image, right? That you're always protecting. Mm. Mm. And, I, and I think that that is really part of it is because of the way, you know, we were taught in school. Mm. Right? Because, you know, it's like, you know, but we're told to sit quietly listen, you know, only answer if I, you know, if I ask you to answer, right? 
It's like learning how to ride a bike. If you don't fall a few times, how are you going to learn how to ride it, right? Mm. So, yeah. So, so that was the realization. It's not that we aren't great, right? It's just that we never practice how to, you know, articulate our thoughts, you know, how to string it together so that people can understand it, mm. how to, in some ways, not be so afraid. You know, our fear keeps us in that corner, mm. right? Versus being able to, to go out and put it on the table and say that, you know, I don't know certain things, and but you know certain things, and together we're going to build something much better. Mm. Right, so yeah, that 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 was you know, so that was the lesson that you know, that really stuck with me. Yeah. Right, and I mean, I wasn't smarter than than anyone else here. It's just that you know, through circumstances, I have been forced to speak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, to crack that shell, right? Just, yes. Just be open. Yes. Right. Mm. And at times it was like so tough, you know. I honestly tell myself that you know, if I didn't have a family to feed, I probably would have run away from that job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But because you you have to, mm. then you would. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, so that that was what really really struck me. And um, when uh, the same boss who actually unmuted the phone, he asked me, "He said, come on back, come on back. I need you back here." I was like, "Uh, you know, this is quite enjoyable. I like the work here and all that." And he he kept a role open for me for six months. And everybody in New York said, "Nobody keeps a role open for you for six months just for you." You know, you might want to think about going back, right? So he said, oh, mm, okay, yes and no, yes and no. Uh, then I, I spoke to him. I said that, you know, if I come back, can I play a hand in training uh, the next generation of Asian finance uh, professionals so that we stand head and shoulders on a global stage? Mm. Same as everyone else. Mm. And he said, yeah, sure. Okay. Right? So that was, you know, something that I said that I'll sign up. Right. Right, so, so what drove you to that, to that need to go help others? Right. So you realize it for yourself, obviously, um, and then to just say, hey, you know what? If I'm like this, I want to make sure the others are similarly uh, driven to to be more open. Why? Why was that? You lead one life. Hmm. When you go, what's the impact that you hmm. have? Right. So when I go, that's my impact. Right. Right. So you know. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to, you know, help people and all that. Uh, n- now I know that that's not going to happen in this lifetime. Right. right? So, <laughs> but when I leave, well, what is the measure of my success as a human being? Mm. What did I do to change mm. the world, to make it better, to change someone's life, to mm. make it better? Mm. Right. So this is my impact. Mm. Right. So I've been fairly, um, I would say, religious, but not in a very dogmatic sense of the word. Right. right. So I've always said that, you know, I, I want to try to do good. But when you're working 14 hour days, what kind of charity are you going to join? Yeah. Right. So I told myself, I'll do my charity work in the office, in my mm. work by training the next generation. Okay. Right. So mm. I spent inordinate amounts of time coaching and mentoring mm. and, you know, really, really having conversations. Mm. But this was something I was really passionate about. Right. And I also realized, you know, I was just lucky. And you have to pay it forward mm. when you're this lucky, mm. right? So yeah, so that so that, so that was that was that, and and then Inti came along, you know. Um, I thought that that MNC had they basically made me. I I I'm eternally grateful to them. Mm. I had so many different roles, you know. I learned um, 
they put me in the transformation project. I did process mining 10 years ago, in mm. 2010. Right. Um, so, you know, they trained me to write functional specs so that coders in India who I would never ever speak to would be able to understand what I wanted yeah. and code right. it for me. Right. Wow. So, so you had some systems delivery experience too? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they taught me the, you know, like how important data was, you know, mm. to set up correct data structures, mm. to look at metadata. Right. So, you know, that was, you know, I owed them a lot of things. Mm. Um, they taught me how to PM. Uh, nothing was a cost. Everything was, you're thrown into the deep end and you kind of learn. Yeah. Right. Uh, in that project, there were so many people who were very, very kind to me too. So each one of the workstream needs was um, an authority in his or her own right, right? The the head of sales was someone who started out twenty old years ago, walking door to door as a door to door salesman, wow. um, yeah. and he rose all the way to be a VP, mm. right? So I mean, this guy knows everything there is about He's selling. In blood, like, right? Ah, uh-huh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So the the guy who was doing all the um, fulfillment. Mm. he helped to turn around the Mexico business that's a huge business and it wasn't really you know in, in a good spot he turned it around mm. right so these were people who you know really were masters in their own right and they were very very kind to this you know Asian kid you know I would go up to them in it, you know, and say that you know, do you have 5-10 minutes can I discuss something with you uh, even though they were not my work stream lead and you know, they would say, um, yeah, sure, sit down. Or they would say, you know, um, come back at five o'clock, you know. And, and I would be, you know, bouncing ideas off them, telling them this is what keeps me awake at night about the business, you know. And they would say, why does it keep you awake? What angle are you coming from? You know, and I would like, so to me, that was actually my MBA school. Mm. Right. So, yeah. and, and the amazing generosity of people to give you their time. Yeah. So I never forget that. That's mm. why, you know, anyone who wants to talk to me, um, any young person, I, I will I will try my very best, you know, whether that advice is useful or not, uh, you all decide yes, yourself. Okay? Right? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, but I will mm. share whatever I have because mm. these people shared so much with me. Right. right? So, yeah, so I mean, th- that's that's why I do what I do. Mm. Right? So when Inti came calling, uh, it was a very difficult decision, you know, this MNC in my mind made me who I am. They gave me so many different opportunities things which um, most typical accountants wouldn't have done mm. right you know I went and put in a sales and operating um, process an SNOP process across 10 markets in Asia you know, mm. things like that which are not what your typical accountant does yeah. right so and it's quite fulfilling to see that right hey, you can see parts of the business hey you know I did that right? or my yeah. team did that with me yeah. yeah so it was it was amazing and you know like you use I saw it end to end, and so yeah, um, they gave me a role where I looked after price pricing and margins throughout Asia. Mm. You know, they were in FMCG, um, so um, I saw how new products came to to being. You know, I was part of a stage gate process, and so so there were so many things that I saw. Um, yeah, so so when Inti came calling, then I was like, oh. Not really sure about this, you know. Not really sure again and again, you know. But then, what nailed it was that: Do you want to make an impact on seventeen thousand lives? Mm. You know. And the CEO of that time said, "I want students who are going to be able to communicate and collaborate." I said, "Okay, okay, so, 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 coming, coming." Okay. Now, you just gonna <laughs> yes, click, right? Yes. Yeah. I was like, you know, you came back to make a difference, you know, and you were basically trying to address 
the pool of, you know, basically finance professionals. Mm. Now you get to address so many different people. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, for better or for worse, you get to try to give people an environment where they will have a safe place to learn how to communicate, to learn how to collaborate. Yeah. When did you join Inti then? 2014. Okay. So yeah. that was six years ago. Yes. November 2014. Right. Yeah. And I guess in accounting like, or am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. I was the CFO. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, right. So join and then um, over the next one and a half years, well, we did a huge transformation of the back office. Okay. Um, of our own finance. You know, mm. Because when I stepped in, I was like, oh, okay. It looks like we actually have to transform first. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess fresh from your other transformation, this is like, okay lah, not too daunting lah, I guess. Yeah, it, it, in a way, it wasn't too daunting, but we weren't doing the sort of stuff that we were doing, that I was doing in the US. It mm. was a lot more basic. We had 20 instances of accounting software. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, one would have to be sufficient. But, you know. Yes, no ERP. Right. right. So, you know, we had to put in an ERP and all that, mm. right? And then... Life was very tough, you know. Lots of our people worked till like you know eleven o'clock. Hmm. Lots of people in the office. Hmm. And midnight, uh, still people in the office, you know. So it was very very tough. Right. So what we did was, you know, we really looked at process, you know, and um, we used a different KPI. My KPI for process was that everybody goes home at nine p.m. Ah, okay. Uh, you cannot. You cannot dispute that KPI, right? Everyone wants to go home at 9pm. Right. So I told the whole team, everything we do, there's only one KPI. I'm not going to c- come and ask you how much money you save, how many headcounts you cut. That's not the point. The point is that life is not great right now. We need to make life better for all of us. So the KPI is everybody goes home at 9pm. And we did achieve that. Then it was but hang on, eh? just to put things in perspective, <laughs> right? So 9 p.m. is pretty bad for a lot of people. Right? I know. And for you so guys, it was, it's an improvement. It was, yes, that tells you how, you know. Yeah. yeah. So then after that, was everybody goes home at 8 p.m. So it was like, oh, yes, 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 we can do this, right? Right. Then it was like, everybody goes home at 7. Eventually, everybody goes home at 6. And then I was like, oh, okay. So I'm the only one who doesn't go home at 6. And then now I got no dinner. Nobody buys dinner <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of the happiest days when you know i went to the finance room i saw oh lights all off everybody right. gone right yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that was our kind of you know our own back office transformation mm. right? and we use mm. a very human kpi mm. right so so mm. that's why to me when people talk about you know ir 4.0 the bots are coming and all that and you know i i turn around and say that but that's not the story the story is not about the bots the story is about us the humans mm. right so I think you scare people when you talk about the jobs that are going to be lost. I think it's better to talk about the fact that you have to understand transformation, especially digital transformation, and it's meant to make us more human. It's Hmm. meant to take the robotic work out of us and allow us to do the more creative work. The stuff that bots can't do. Which, by the way, goes back to collaboration. Mm. No bot is going to be able to call people from different departments who don't see eye to eye and make them collaborate. Yeah. Right? Find a middle ground. Right? That is something which is uniquely human. Mm. So, 
And that brings me back to, you know, like education. Yeah. And so, you know, so to me, it's really important, whatever field you're in, you know, whatever technical field you're in, that you don't forget that you need skills. And those skills are the ability to communicate, the ability to collaborate, the ability to solve a problem by essentially looking at it from a very human perspective. Mm. Mm. So you've joined, okay, so you're formerly in the education industry, you know, since since 2014, right? Yeah. So in that period or even before that, what are the changes that you have seen gone through, um, you know, the education industry or even how we educate uh, even at primary, secondary school? Um, I haven't seen much difference in primary oh, no. school. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, the that's the problem. Yes, right. Okay. So, uh, okay. so yeah. generally you don't, huh? Yeah, so... When we came back from the US, I put my kids in a Chinese school. Hmm. Um, we right. home school. I mean, we as part of the deal, the company hired us uh, tutors for six months, and we tutored the children at home okay. um, until they they could go back into the school system. Right? It was it was really tough for my daughter, and hmm. you know. I, so why did you choose uh, the Chinese school? Because I wanted them to have a typical upbringing where they mix with everyone. Hmm. Right. So I didn't want them to have, you know, to go to a school where everybody was from the same socioeconomic background. Mm. I wanted them to see, you know, very much like what I had. Right. Right. So I, that was, that to me was the ideal. Yeah. So I put them there. Apparently she got rotan because she got up and she was walking around. Then she asked to see the principal and everybody practically died of shock because no child asked to see the principal. Yeah. Uh, Normally, the other way, right? Yes. So, how old is she at that point? She was um, eight. Okay. Uh, and she wanted to see the principal because in the US, she had been, you know, she had been part of the um, spirit council of the school. Um, and they have this spirit council where, you know, at, you know, the kids get elected to, to the spirit council and then they t- talk about what makes their school, what they think will make their school better and they go and see the principal. Okay. To tell their principal. Right, right, right. So she thought she had access to the principal. Right. That wow. was not how it works in Malaysia. Okay? Yeah. Especially at Chinese school. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And everybody was like, why do you what? want to see the principal? Yeah. Because I want to give suggestions. Nice. Uh, not, not, not welcome, okay? I, mean, not, uh, I can imagine. So, uh, so what happened then? So how, so how did she go back? In, I mean, what, first of all, what happened? Oh, she got that, rotan. Oh, because she wanted to go see the headmaster. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So what did you do? I I'm, I'm was sure oblivious she, yeah. to it. Huh. Right. And I was oblivious to it until many months later when she told me, she said, oh, you know, you know how many times I got cane? I was like, really? I said, for what? She said, well, one, because I got up and started walking around in class. Number two, because I wanted to see the principal, which I, because I thought that that was not the way that we were supposed to be taught. <laughs> I was like, oh, Goodness, wow. but he said then it's this funny, right? So on one hand, you want to encourage that, right? Because and yet, then you figure out, but why isn't the rest of the school and not just for that school, right? For the yeah. whole system, not encouraging this. Yeah, and in fact, you're punishing them, right? Yes, yes. So beating them back into the system ah. that was supposed to have the kids sit down. Yeah. So I don't know. She's sixteen now. I don't know hmm. whether the primary schools have changed, hmm. but I don't think so, right? So not to the level that you would. Hope for la, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so this is then you know. So now that to me, then this leaves the problem, you know, for us to tackle later on mm. at know. the university. So, what are the 
you know, no disrespect or judgment to all the students at at Inti. So how how do you see the the level of openness and um, you know collaborativeness that you you see in the kids that's joining Inti, or any university lah per se, right? Not just Inti. I think this is why you know we we, we need to provide mm. a safe environment for them, mm. and we need to basically stress it. Right, so and I think that this has been done in different le- degrees and different um, levels of intensity, right? In in different organizations or, or rather different institutions, right? Because I think um, even to get this awareness out, sometimes it's not that easy. People think that hey, this is just you know um, this is just marketing talk. Mm. To me, it's not marketing talk. It makes a difference when you go out to work. Yes. Right. For so sure. yeah. So things like that. I I think that in, in the secondary level they have done a better job. You know, they, they okay. are they are more. You know, schools have more project based learning. Mm. You know, projects are part of the of the exams. You know, you get marks for the projects mm. and all and that. And project based means you know you're forced to work with other kids and discuss uh, and uh, explore. And and that's where you realize, you know, that there will be kids who don't do the work, and then you know, and sponge of you, and yeah. then you know, and you know, then you ha- you have the people who won't share, you know, the ultra, you know, this is my project, you know, and I, yeah. you know, it's my mom. Uh, yeah. yeah. But how else are you going to learn? Mm. Right. To you work with other people. Uh, yeah, how else are you going to learn? Different personalities. Right. Yeah. So when you go out to work, it doesn't mean that you're going to end up with everyone ultra nice, ultra able to understand you, right? Yeah. So, you yeah. have to start somewhere. Right? So, I, I will say I, I do think that it's better in the sense that, you know, in the secondary schools, we have more of that. Mm. During my time, we certainly didn't have that at all. It was 100% exam-based. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, we are making, mm. um, you know, we're changing, but then I would say, um, are we changing fast enough? Mm. Do you think it's too late? By the time they come to uni or college that, you know, they've, set in their ways or is it still well you can still provide that safe space and therefore they might still change over the three four years they are in college i think it's never too late when you're a human being mm. right because you know we are plastic you know, our brains are plastic right mm. uh and and we can but obviously the earlier you do it the better it is mm. right so you know people have had a head start 12 12 years earlier than you <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit of catching up to do. Right? Uh, right. Mm. But but I, I think what we have is a lot of resilience. Mm. Um, Asians are very stoic, very re- resilient. Right? Yeah. So I think that that's one angle. You know how we view teaching, how we view you know learning. You know, and I guess the other one is the fact that we need to acknowledge that our kids are not us. Mm. They what were raised. You know, they were raised in a different way. We wanted to have dinner uninterrupted. We gave them the phone. Mm. Right? So, then after that, we wonder why they don't have attention span. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So... And it's it's scary to see even, you know, how young, you know, kids start having the phones, right? To, To keep them quiet, essentially, right? Yeah. You go out, you know, parents are trying to have dinner and all that. You'll see, you know, you, you shove the phone to the kid so that he, they can watch Baby Shark or something like that, right? In fact, in a dining table with the whole family, sometimes you see everybody with a phone, right? Yes. The only thing they're sharing is the food. Yes. But no conversation, nothing else. Yes. Yeah. So, but I think, so you have these two things, you know. Mm. The fact that 
we need to teach, you know, and we need to provide a safe environment for them to, you know, to practice communicating, to practice collaboration, to practice you know, creativity, critical thinking, how to problem solve. Problem solving doesn't mean you go at it one way. You know, it mm. you can solve a problem multiple ways, right? So there is no perfect right answer, right? So, you know, we have to teach that. And then on the other hand, you have kids who, because we needed to eat dinner a bit more peacefully, yeah. we gave them the devices. So then, you know, they have shorter attention spans. Right. right? And then you're wondering why when you stand in front and start lecturing, mm. where's the attention? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you see that. Do you see a, 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 a change or, or it getting worse? Uh, in terms of the attention span the students are having in, in colleges, in, in lectures? Yeah, a lot of the teachers will tell you that, right? Mm. And in fact, there's a study that's done that actually says that teenagers nowadays, you know, have shorter attention spans mm. and they struggle to get through, you know, the sort of reading that we used to be able to get through, mm. right? I put it as, you know, um, partly with uh, all this digital media that we have, we, we, we've kind of trained them to expect things fast in bite sizes and all that. Yeah. Um, so now you know we've got to find a way to basically you know, drive the same outcomes through different means, mm. right? So I always tell my my teachers, I say that you know, how mm. are you going to drive outcomes if you can't capture eyeballs? Yeah, right. Uh, Unless you capture them through the devices. Yeah. So you have to teach in a different way. You have to teach in a way where you know, and and is it so much teaching as in facilitating and jointly learning? Mm. Yeah. Right. So. So what is it? so what what needs what are you guys trying to do to help facilitate that education right how do you get the eyeballs we don't believe in the in a very socratic ma- manner of teaching you know where i stand in front of the class and i just lecture 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 right mm. you know so even way back in 2014 we already started you know teaching uh, and training our teachers everything of course starts with training the the, the teachers training mm. your your lecturers right so we, we talk to them about um, flipping a classroom. Okay. Uh, flipping a classroom means that, you know, where you basically um, get the students to look at the notes ahead of the class, you know, study on their own first, mm-hmm. and then you come to the class and you have a discussion. Okay. Right? right. So you don't come to the class to be fed the information. Yeah. You do some of it first. Then you come to the class to have a, a discussion where you're, with your, you know, with your classmates and where your teacher then mm. facilitates it. So that's flipping a class. Okay. Right. That to me is very important because in this day and age, when we work, a lot of it is also how you find the information yourself. Yeah. Right? How, how do you learn? Mm. And you know, in this day and age, we have to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Mm. Right. So th- this this is a time. yeah all the time. Mm. Right. So you know, it's not like, oh, I come, you teach me. I pass the exams. That's the end of my learning. Uh, that's going to be real bad for anyone who has that attitude now. Yeah. Right. So, so that's you know, flipping a classroom helps in the sense that you're already teaching them a skill. Mm. You know h- how to to self direct and do, and then you come and you have the richness of conversation and discussion. Mm. Right. So what we did was, um, even way back before MCO, you know, way way before MCO, right. every lesson one hour is online, two hours. Is face to face, okay. Uh, and the online is where we flip the classroom. We put all the information, everything, right? So you, you, 
you actually learned beforehand and mm-hmm. then you come in, right? Mm-hmm. And, then the on- ah. and then the online ones, you know, it's not turning on a, a video and saying that I stand in front of the video and I teach and that's considered online. No. Same as a lecture, right? Ah, that like one, yeah. What's the difference? Just being digital. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I, I recall when I was a student, was my final paper, um, final six months. And one of my friends said that, final six months, we have to sit right in front. We have to sit right in front, okay? And I was like, I don't do so well sitting right in front, you know, because I cannot keep, I cannot focus on, okay? And she was like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. You know, peer pressure, so sit in front. Right, then... So that's closer to the knowledge, lah. That's what she thinks, lah, right? (laughs) I I sit at the back, I'm a backbencher, right? (laughs) So it's more interesting sitting at the back because you can chit-chat. That way you don't fall asleep, right? Because actually, lecture, not not so... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So we sat right in front. Halfway through, I fell asleep and I was holding a pencil. The pencil dropped. Yeah. There were 80 plus people in that class. You could hear the silence and when the pencil dropped, I woke up. Then I saw the pencil roll, roll, roll to the lecturer's foot. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I guess you woke up half the class too, like, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Right, but I certainly provided entertainment <laughs> to the rest of the class. Yeah. And my friend, who had insisted we sit in front, she was dying of embarrassment as oh, well, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I was, of course, red face, red ears, everything, you know. And the lecturer just looked down, looked at me. I couldn't even make eye contact. The next class, my friend said, back, at the back, at the back, okay? <laughs> so I was like, I told you already, right? I cannot sit in front, right? I told you I cannot. Right? So <laughs> she was like, you know, uh, yeah. so at the back. But what I think I'm trying to illustrate is that even during our days, a lot of times we went to classes and it wasn't like we were truthfully very, very engaged yeah. as well, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and if you, if you think that online is just turning on a video and playing it, that's even worse because how are you going to engage it? You're not even in the same classroom. Yeah, you can't even have eye contact <coughs> with all yeah. of them. Right? Yeah. yeah, so we don't believe in that. Hmm. So we believe that e-learning means that, you know, you do blogs, you do wikis, you know, and your teacher, when you do blogs and you do wikis and you do discussion threads, your teacher looks through the discussion threads. She can see how members of the team are discussing. Hmm. Uh, we do quizzes, you know, we do um, polls. Yeah. Right. So so it's broken into, you know, you won't have a few hours of a lecture, you know, but it's broken into little little bits where you have to actively participate mm. and engage. Mm. Right. And of course with big data, we actually track the engagement. Right. Of the individual students and the lecturers too, I assume. Yes. Yeah. So both. Right. So <clears throat> we track how, how the lecturers use the tools, you know, yeah. whether, you know, th- their lessons have enough assessments, enough quizzes, and enough tools, mm. right? We also provide them with a, with easy, for each lecturer, easy access to course analytics. At the press of four buttons, they can actually see in their entire class um, the students who are, you know, uh, the number of minutes they spend in the course, the number of um, quizzes that they try, mm. and also what's the average. Are they actually scoring above average or below average? Mm. Um, and that's for that for us is really so that we can do early intervention. Mm. You know, for for the kid who's spending a lot of time on the course, doing all the quizzes, but still below average, you know that that child needs some some support. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. right. So then that's that's the one you hope you zoom in and say that I'm going to do early intervention. Mm. 
right? The earlier the intervention, the better the chances, right? So, and we have a platform where we do early intervention. So, the teacher essentially writes up an early intervention plan, hmm. right? So, and and then that plan has to be approved by the, the teacher's um, head of program. And with that, it, once it's approved, then they execute it throughout the semester. Hmm. Right? And with that platform, then when the student goes on to the next course, the new teacher actually gets to see what the old teacher was doing to try mm, to intervene. So there's continuity. Uh, and I guess, you know, in the old days, the whole reason why you would have your term exams is to measure if the kids are, you know, okay, right? Yes. But yes. it only happens every four months, lah, right? Or six months. Yeah. Um, but obviously, that's too late, right? You yeah. wait for six months and by the time, you're not going to be going back with that one child, you know, yes. six months worth of syllabus, right? Yes. Whereas when you have these kind of technologies now, uh, almost real time, you uh, can see, you know, how they're doing. Right? Yeah, because you, you really want to catch them right at the beginning because you just imagine if you sit in the class and you don't understand, it's just going to snowball, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is also with the traditional, you know, exams, it's a three-hour paper. How much can you test? Mm. Right? It's testing... Just knowledge, not application, hmm. right? Yeah. So you know you uh, you have to have a balance of both, hmm. right? So yeah, that that's what we've been trying to do, right? right? And so I think that's that's. Cheat. I mean, I guess universities and colleges have always been more um, project based anyway, right? Compared to the paper based, and I guess now is it evolving to even more ongoing assessment as opposed to the big exams at the end? Yeah, yeah, and and we also do alternative assessments. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, in the past, okay, an assessment is a final exam. Right. Right? So now, our alternative assessments are projects. Alternative assessments um, can be in many forms. It can be in take-home exams. You know, alternate, oh. uh, Even with Google at home, you should be easing it, right? Everybody. You, you don't, you look at how they apply it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you come out to work, you can also have access to Google. Yeah. Right? So, what's important is how you frame it. Mm. Right, how how yeah. how you apply it, yeah. right? So that's what we are looking for, mm. right? So it's it's very different, mm. right? So yeah, and and what we're trying to do is to bring it more, you know, to a place where it's more like working life, yeah, right? where you really are trying to test how they use it, mm. how they work together mm. to to use it, right? So we have things like you know, we have this um, online uh, video streaming sort of. Um, software mm. right so and it's basically to teach the students uh, a couple of different things how to present and how to give respectful comments mm. because when you're working together you have to give respectful feedback right yeah. so the teacher can uh, use um, and use that and say that okay you know um, assignment for the class the entire class everyone has got to do a video explaining this particular concept Mm. Uh, and all of you load your videos onto um, the LMS and then the rest of the class needs to give comments respectful comments on each other's videos, videos yeah. right. well, that should be quite fun right? yeah I've seen I, I've seen some of it and I, I, I actually laugh you know because there was one person who was trying to give respectful comment and he was like I like the content of your video I like the way you um, explain it but you know I'm a bit dizzy your hands keep shaking <laughs> <laughs> Your video is not very stable. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I'm like, this is how you practice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you don't, it's how you communicate that which is important, right? Not uh, so much the, the content, yeah. Right. So you're testing, 
the understanding of the topic, mm. right? Because the teacher looks at the video mm. as well and says, okay, whether you got it or you don't have it. Mm. You're also teaching them how to present in a very safe way. Mm. You know, Asian kids present in front of the whole class, hoy, very stressful, right? Yeah. Uh, this one in front of video, a ticket video, video yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so, you know, it's a slow easing of, you know, helping you to get there. Yeah. The third thing is that when you have to respectfully comment on each other's work, you also learn how to give respectful feedback. Mm. So you're practicing three things at the same time. Mm. Right? So, so that, that's the direction that we want to move towards. Mm. Right? And of course, we're going to get you know, a software where it's safe. We don't want you to put on YouTube where half the world can troll you, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So actually, you, you mentioned earlier about the IR40O, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So obviously, you know, you've just explained a little bit about how our own classrooms are changing now. Yes. Right? Um, to prepare for that future workplace that, you know, all these kids are going to be going into, right? Um, and it'll be a world full of bots, right? <laughs> As you put it. So what do you see um, the, the, the major changes that's going to impact these guys, right? How are they going to have to survive? What are they going to do? Like, what kind of skills do you think they need to survive uh, the new workplace? I think you hit on it when you say skills, mm. right? So, so, so to us, you need to know the technical, the technical knowledge, that that that's baseline, mm. right? But then you have to really get skills, right? And those skills are things like you know how how do you communicate, how do you collaborate, how mm. do you think critically, how do you essentially bring it all together to solve problems. Bring people together, bring different pieces of knowledge together so you can solve problems. Mm. Right? Because I put it this way, you know, while they're humans, there will always be problems. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And if you know how to solve a problem, you, you will get employed. Mm. Our bosses pay us to solve problems. Yeah. Right? Sounds very simple, but not so simple because if, if you want to solve a problem in the first place, how do you frame that problem? Mm. Right? How do you define that problem itself, then how do you find the correct set of tools, the correct set of people to come together to work on solving that problem? Mm. Right? So, so to me, that is really important. Whichever field you're in, mm. you need to have that. Right? If you have that, you don't have to fear digitalization mm. right? because with the technology at the, at the stage that it's in right now, and even when people talk about AI technology, it's not going to be able to do the sort of things that humans can do. Mm. They they will take away the very repetitive work, right? Yeah. right? But in the first place, I would say that that was the robotic part of us, which we don't want. Mm. Right? We want to free the humans from that robotic work so that you can really do what a human should be doing, mm. the more creative work, mm. you know, the more human-based work. Right? So that to me is really important. And how do you do that across a digital medium? Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. You know, that is super important. So, so how is that? The, the importance of, obviously, you know, um, the digital medium is here to stay and grow, right? Yeah. Where then is, where, what then is the future for physical lectures at big campuses and universities? Right? Does it mean that in the not too far future we can have a university run out of a server room and Inti is purely virtual, right? And that you can have... Or do you still need to have your, your teachers, as you said before, right? To be there and engage physically. I think it's always a mix of both, mm. right? Because university, um, 
teaching, we can do it. You know, we 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 can teach online. We can teach using e-learning. It's just that we teach in a different way, mm. right? You 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 cannot stand in front of a camera and lecture. That doesn't work. You have to think about how to drive the same outcomes in different ways, right? But there'll be certain subjects. Um, School of Hospitality. How are you going to do that? Do that? Right. right. <laughs> you you need to be physically there. Yeah. Right. You need someone to taste the food, to tell you, you know, to to practice. Mm. So things like that. It you, mm. you still need the physical, mm. right? So so it's it really depends. It's going to be a mix. Right? But if you take your own vocation, right? If you mm. were an accountant, right? Mm-hmm. How would you see an accountancy course of the future be, right? So you had to do your ACCA, um, you go to your lectures, and then the way you work, right? So if you take that profession, mm. right, and you digitize the hell out of it, right? How would you say the education of the next batch of accountants be? I would say that you can, for, for a subject like ours, there's a very, very high probability you can do everything online. Mm. Right? So, mm. it's just that you, you want the element of face-to-face for the, you know, building of interpersonal skills, mm. things like that. Mm. Right? But, during this MCO, everybody, you know, impossible impossible became possible mm. right a lot of bosses say that oh you can't have staff working from home yeah right it doesn't work right but we made it work yeah so right. in fact on that how has the mco forced a lot of these things on on inti what has changed that you think you're not going to revert back to pre mco days but you're going to stick with i think it's beliefs right mm. um so you know no matter what we talk about um it's seeing it in action that leads people to believe that we are able to adapt and be super agile while we're adapting. Mm. Right? So, what happened was that um, MCO happened um, on day two of final exams in the colleges. Okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Just about to start the exams. Day two. Day two. Day, right. day one already finished. Right. Right. So, And this would be a span of what, a couple of weeks? Five normally. days. Okay, five days. Uh so okay. basically, you're on day two and, you know, you're, you're supposed to be locked down, right? Yeah. And this is final exams and sat in a, in a physical... In a uh, yeah. yeah. Right. So, and we were adamant, no matter what, we will not, you know, uh, interrupt a student's academic journey. Mm. So, and we couldn't even go to the office, right? So we, we all assembled and, you know, we said that, okay, how many, how, how many courses do we have that we have to mm. do the final exams? And the answer was 700 <laughs> okay. Yeah. And how many students would that be impacting? Thousands. Right. Right. So okay. so basically what we said was that okay. How do we change all of this to alternative assessments? Have it moderated, have it go through the a- academic board to make sure that you know quality is never compromised. Mm. Roll it out. We did it in one week flat. Wow. Yeah. So you paused the well you stopped the traditional Exams, yes. right? Yes. And then went into this alternative mm. assessment instead. Uh, we, yes. Wow. And we documented everything. Everything was documented yeah. and we went through moderation. We went through exam boards and all that, you know, you know, academic boards to make sure everything is absolutely... So we were saying that we don't want to interrupt academic journeys, but we are also not going to compromise on quality, mm, right? Course. Definitely not, right? So how do we do that? We managed to. Mm. Right, so you know, so I think if if MCO didn't happen, if I had gone and told the team, everybody would have looked at me and I'm like, you know, she's crazy, mm. you know, probably 
been smoking something which she's not supposed to be smoking, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we did it. So how has that now impacted the way you're going to run your courses in MT? Now that you say, hey, you know what, we could do this whole thing as alternative assessment. Are you thinking of a more whole scale, widespread change now to, to the way you run exams? Well, you know, at this point, uh, we're still not allowed to bring students back to the campus. Fully. Is that right? I thought yes. everybody's going to... Only in October. Oh, I see. Uh, okay, because my kids, my daughter's back in college, so I thought that universities are open already. No. Oh, okay. Um, so, so it's a gradual opening, right? Mm. So the first thing they said was that, you know, five classes of students, you know, uh, basically students who need labs. All right. Final year students who need labs. Let them come back for the labs. Okay. Uh, that is something that we are, we are very, very um, grateful for because, to, to my point, if you're in school of hospitality, how? Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine um, how this thing is going to look, taste like your game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, to, to us, okay. then that. Oh, so, there is an, a gradual um, opening. Okay. Yeah. And then, if you have students who prove to you that they do not have conducive environments at home to mm. do uh, e learning. Okay. Um, so, we have some in our Sabah campus. Right. Uh, they came to us to prove that, you know, house flooded, nah. Internet not good, nah, yeah, and you know, things yeah, like that. So we yeah. say, okay, okay, come back, come back, you know, okay. uh, sp- specifically. But they had to prove to us, mm. right? So and then they, then they say that okay, um, students who just join the latest intake, and mm. uh, you are allowed to let them come back because they're not familiar with e-learning yet, mm. right? So you're allowed to let them come back for face to face. Okay. Right. Then after that, they said that okay, you can bring back up to thirty percent of your student body. Um, wait, in October. Or even now, even now. Uh, then in okay. October, it's like basically you can bring back everyone. Mm. Um, but are you planning to do so? Yes, in a very socially distanced right yeah. uh, manner, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we are we are planning to do mm. to do so. But I think this whole thing shows us that you know what we thought was not possible, even from a work perspective, right? Mm. It is possible, mm. right? So and it also shows us. At the end of the day, is how agile you are and how adaptable you are. Mm. Mm. Right, so yeah. It how has the reaction be on the students themselves with having their assessments done that way? And right now, for those who are you know for almost seventy percent of them who are not able to turn up at at universities, how has the impact been on the students? I'll put it this way. You know, I think the best uh, indicator is in you know your dropout rates. Okay. Right, so if the students are not happy, they won't continue. Mm. Right, they they won't re-enroll for for your next semester, mm. right? Because you know, w- for the colleges, our semester ended in uh, March itself. That was why final exams, right? Uh, yeah, 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 uh, right. Okay. Okay. So then the next semester started in late April. Right. People April, came back. May, June. Okay, it's been uh, three, four months now. Yeah. So people came back. Dropout rates were very very low. Mm. Right. So, so to me, I, I'll say that I can say whatever. Proof of the pudding is in the eating. Mm. If my if the students come back, then they're mm. okay and they're happy. They're still engaged. Okay. Uh, right. But are they coping studying at home? Apart from the ones that you mentioned, you know, that's not conducive. But um, are, are they coping in terms of the learning itself? Are they? Do they? Do you think they're getting as much out of the courses? Or I think of course it's that? a period of adjustment, but mm. I don't believe that they they are because. In the first place, we had already been doing um, asynchronous learning. Mm. Right? We had one hour e-learning, which mm. was asynchronous. Right? We had already done that. So they're all familiar with that. Mm. Right? It's just that now we had to turn the two face-to-face hours also into, into this uh, e- uh, e-learning. Uh, so we had to do 
synchronous learning as well as asynchronous mm. learning through the you know through an online medium. Actually, you mentioned that that was something you guys were doing even way before, right? Yes. So, what was the impetus for that? Why did you guys look at doing this online and two hours um, offline? Because we thought that it drove better engagement and that it it was a better way to teach communication, collaboration across a digital medium. Ah, um, okay. Right. Just force it, right? Use, use the medium. and then Yeah, and, and because we thought that, you know, without this, how do we teach the, the students, you know, how yeah. to self-learn and then, flip, you know, come to the class, have that the sort of discussions, you know. Mm. Um, how do we then keep them engaged by, you know, the ability to do, you know, quizzes, the ability to do yeah. polls, the ability to do blogs, wikis. We think blogs are very important in mm. a new world, mm. right? So, how do we teach them how to do videos if we don't do that? Yeah. Right. Uh, video making in my a- day and age when I was studying is only for the videographer. Nowadays, who doesn't know how to do a video, right? Yeah. You don't even have a video camera, right? Yes, you support. Right. So, we would not be able to do that without that e-learning portion. Wow. And I guess you guys were so lucky for that, right? Because can you imagine yes, if you yes. weren't doing that? Yes. To suddenly have the infrastructure, the platform, um, to train your teachers to yes. start doing all these yes. things, right? Yes. It would have been a nightmare. Right? Yeah. So we had many years to, to do that. And first, we started with training the teachers. Yeah. And, um, then we slowly brought the blend up, you know. Hmm. Then, you know, we put in also the infrastructure for the data analytics. Yeah. Uh, right. Because uh, without that, monitor, also... Uh, yeah, what's the progress, yeah. Yes. So I thought it is like a yeah, it's, it's just blind lah, right? It's like, mm, okay, we do this, mm. but what's the output? Uh, How are they doing? Yeah. This? Mm. But it, it's it's also a loop, right? Without teaching that way, you also have no analytics. The only analytics yeah. you have is attendance in class. Yeah. Attendance in class doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. You like me, I could have I attended class while sitting at the back. <laughs> yeah. Right. First time I sit in front, you know, drop the pencil, fall asleep. Yeah. And I remembered <laughs> a couple of years ago. I can't remember who I was talking to. They were talking about new education tech, right? Mm. And one of the key things was electronic attendance tracking, you know. like, okay, that seems a little bit basic, right? Just to, to say that, uh, you know, to be able to monitor that you turn up in class, but you don't know what they did in the classroom uh, for an hour, right? That's not yeah. exactly edutech. Right? Yeah. So, like, for our online programs, we even tra- track the mouse clicks. Wow. Wow. We track how many minutes that's and we advanced. track how many yeah. mouse clicks. Right, so that's the fully online programs. Mm. We, we, and, and then you adjust your content la, so that they... Yes, but also we have we hire someone whose job is to be a mentor. The person rings up the student and says, is there any help that I can give you? Because you know we noticed that you, you didn't really spend much time on the course. Oh. Because these are working adults. We also understand maybe you know they haven't been studying for many years. You know They need some extra support, you know. Huh. They're rusty and all that. Yeah. I wonder if they find it creepy. Oh, wow, <laughs> you know I haven't been looking at this one, right? Oh. No, no, no. So so far we haven't had complaints that is creepy. We, we we have had people who are like, Oh, thank you for the reminder, very busy huh. this time around. Okay. And so But in their mind they're probably saying this is creepy, <laughs> man. It's a bit like the shopping, right? So how you would have a conversation, right? Yeah. And then suddenly after this on my Facebook it'll be all pop up or in tea, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah. who's been listening to my conversation with you now yeah. yeah yeah so but I mean like without doing the e-learning you would not have that sort of data the, yeah. the richness of that yeah. data so in yeah. fact that's something that you wouldn't even have if you did have a face-to-face mm. lecture right yes that was why we insisted mm. every course needs to be blended mm. so yeah, we have that interesting uh, at the end of the day we're really trying to drive outcomes for our students mm. 
right? But, you know, looking for a student at risk and being able to do early intervention across a big class, that ensures the student's outcomes, mm. right? So, but how do you do that, mm. um, you know, if you don't have all this technology ecosystem in place? Yeah. How do you do that if your teachers are not trained how to even start in the first place, mm. right? So, mm. yeah, so that's why it's an ecosystem. So, you're right, when MCO happened, we were like, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's just one more step, Yeah. right? So, yeah. Wow. I can, I'm trying to imagine the other right universities and colleges who didn't have that kind of infra in place, right? Yeah. They must have struggled. Yeah. And and that's why we we are then then we have a different grounds. We everybody says we are also online and we look at theirs and we're like, uh, you just turn on the video cam, right? That it's not online, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the most basic of online is okay, you have Zoom and then is yeah. that it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we we didn't use any of those like Zoom and all that. Wow. We use all Hello. our our own um you know everything was tied to the LMS. Mm. Uh, so we didn't use open source. Uh, we, we we think that it's not secure enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but we had the infra in place, okay. so we, we we were lucky. Yeah. The thing was that over a period of four years, we invested about twenty seven million in this infra. Mm. Nice. Right. Um. So yeah. what? Uh, my graph is that you know everybody parents come and say, "Where's the new building? Where's the, where's the swimming pool?" And I'm like, "Why you don't ask about my twenty seven minutes?" <laughs> yeah, right? the infra you know? that really matters, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. you know. not so much the infrastructure. That's <laughs> yeah. that but then everybody says that one cannot see. I'm like, okay, 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 that one cannot see. But that one drives outcomes. Yeah. Mm. When your kids get a job and do well, that's when you see it. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, okay. yeah. but I think with this MCO, people are starting to see that. Mm. Um, well, they have to, right? You don't have a choice. Really yes. Much. Yes. Right. And, and one of the things we did during this period as well, while we were in lockdown, we actually um, did a CSR for secondary school teachers because, you know, I was calling my staff. Hmm. And you know every every time I call them or I have you know calls or, or or team meetings with them, it will always be very noisy. And I'll be like, uh, "What's going on? Oh, kids having classes." And hmm. I'm like, "Why so noisy? Oh, because teacher trying to control the students, <laughs> shouting at them." Okay. Oh man. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. that's not a good experience for a child, yeah. Yeah. right? And that is the use of things like Zoom, right? Ah. So I'm just I'm just. Basically, broadcasting a teacher in front of your forty kids. Um. Yes, because right? that's it. That's how they were taught to teach as well, yeah. right? And I don't blame anyone. Yeah. And this thing happens so fast, right? So, mm. so the question I asked myself was that you know, what can we do? Mm. What can we do to help? Mm. Right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you have a whole group of students who are going to have a very bad experience of online. Mm. They will also think that this is online, and that is not online. Mm. And more important, how is the teacher, you're also not helping the teacher because how is the teacher supposed to learn how to teach when nobody taught them how to teach yeah. in a different way? Yeah. Right? So, so while we were in lockdown, I asked the team, I said, can you reach out, you know, and try to reach out to those Form 4, Form 5 teachers huh, because, mm. you know, th that's the exam year, very important. Mm. Right? And say, offer them, say that we will give free classes on how to teach online. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So, you know, at first everybody was like, oh, everyone very busy. I said, just try lah. What, what's the harm? Mm. Try lah. Mm. So our first one, we were so pleasantly surprised. Um, 280 people, sorry, we couldn't take. Max, 200. Okay. <laughs> right? oh, wow, so that, that many teachers signed up um, to learn how to teach online. Yeah, yeah, so in the end, we challenged ourselves and, and, and I credit my, my team, mm. you know, they were all very dedicated. Mm. 
We taught 22 sessions and we covered 1,647 teachers. Wow. Um, so what was it that you you tried to teach the, the teachers? We explained the concept of flipping a class. Hmm. We, we explained the concept of engaging and how do you engage using digital tools, hmm. right? So, hmm. of course, we know that, you know, like the tools we use, they're all freemiums, you know. It's free for a certain level and then after that, you have to pay, right? Yeah. And all our teachers will turn around and say, the free one, Cannot, cannot anymore. Uh, you know, or we, cannot scale up, right? Uh, yeah. Cannot scale up, right? So we pay for everything. Mm. But we realized that for government school teachers, there wouldn't be that sort of money to to yeah, uh, yeah. to to do that. So we basically taught them how to use tools which were free, mm. right? So mm. you know, we, we we taught them. Oh, this is Kahoot. You can use Kahoot. Very simple. You know, you can use Kahoot to do yeah. a, a game. You know, uh, this is you know a Mentimeter. You know, you can use it to, to do a poll. Right. Uh, it's free. You know, yeah. used up to a certain stage. Mm. Uh, this is Powtoon. You can make animated cartoons with it. Right. Right. But simple ones, lah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Okay. So uh, this is Socrative. You can also do some things with it. And then we show them examples how to do. Nice. Uh, Right, so, so over, like, over a thousand of them went through that. One six four seven. Nice. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah, so that's something that we are very very proud of. And I mm. told the whole team, I said that look, imagine the impact we just made. Mm. Right. And I said that maybe not all of them are going to use every single mm. tool, mm. but you know, one teacher probably teaches two hundred students. Mm. If they use just some of the tools, imagine what kind of impact they would have made on the students. Yeah. Right, and it's going to be a totally different experience. Yeah. Right, so yeah, so that's wow. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So we were very surprised and very yeah. very encouraged, and that's why the whole team nobody complained, even though they were like practically teaching back to back. Yeah. I mean, you've got your day job, and then you have to do yes. that, right? Yes. Yeah. This was not this was not part of our. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I credit I, I credit our teaching and learning unit. Um, we have a teaching and learning unit. I credit them for the sheer dedication that they put in to, to do this. Mm. And I also credit our counsellors because they reached out to schools, every school that they knew, you know, mm. they reached out to teachers they knew and said that, hey, we have this, you want to come? Mm. Uh, and you can just, well, by the fact that, you know, all these teachers signed up, that they were hungry to, to yes. learn how to do this, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and that to me is right? fantastically yeah. encouraging, right? Yeah. That that people, you know, care. Yeah. Uh, right? Because I think, I think teachers do get a bad rap, right? Primary, secondary, that ah, yeah, the teachers these days is not like mine, you know, during our time, they mm. don't care. It's, you know, this is the last job that they can do, so, you know, they do, they do that, care, right? They yeah. do care. I think this whole exercise showed us that they do care, mm. right? So, and, and I mean, like this thing, it happened so fast. Mm. There was no way anyone could have prepared for it, yeah. right? So, but yeah. like I said, and well, you know, each one of us has a choice to step up. Yeah. You know, and there's no point moaning about it. Mm. Just go do something about it, right? Step up and do something. Yeah. Right. So in this case, the the whole team, I credit the whole team for you know, wow. actually saying that. Okay, yeah, you know. I think, you know, congratulations to the oh, team. Oh, thank you, that. thank you. That's we are awesome. we are very very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you should be. You should be. Uh, so hey, you know it's over an hour already. Oops. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it's been so much fun. It's not talking. a problem. We can we can continue, uh, but I don't I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I just have two more questions. Mm-hmm. Um. One would be, okay, so here we are where we are and hopefully MCO lives uh, in October and everything goes back to the new normal. What is What are your plans for, for Inti moving forward? Um, how do you see your 
small part of the whole education world, right? Evolving in the future of uh, um, digital and, you know, preparing the kids to, to the future. Well, our vision is to reinvent education. Hmm. Uh, and we are, we, are, we are very, very bold to say that. And, you know, um, we want to reinvent education because we think that, you know, when students and parents come to us, they entrust us. You know, they entrust us. This is the second largest investment most parents make. Hmm. Largest being your house. Okay. Right. Second largest being your kids' education, right? Yeah. So I don't we. Know, it feels like it's a kid, or kid education first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so to us, we we really need to live up to that trust, mm. right? And mm. and I also put it very simply: we are Asians, you know. Our parents didn't say go to school, learn what you like, enjoy yourself. You yeah. know, our parents Find say, ah, yeah. uh, yes. You know, our parents say, go to school, make sure you get a good degree, you come out, can find a job. Ah, get a job. Uh, right? Because you need to look after me when I'm old. Right? Yeah. So that's a very typical Asian thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so so, to me... So this is an investment, like, as you said, right? This yes, is an investment. Yes. And, and for us, we need to acknowledge that we are, you know, people trust us. Mm. Um, they mm. put money with us in order to be able to help their kids get a job. Mm. It's all about getting a job, right? And how do you make sure that they can get a job? The world is changing so fast, mm. right? If you train just specifically, technically for a particular job, what if that job disappears? Yeah. What are you going to do, right? Mm. Mm. So for us, it's going to be always, how do we keep pushing you know, the, the corners of the envelope to keep delivering skills? Mm. How do we get better and better at delivering grads who have the technical knowledge but the also the wrapper of skills. Mm. Right. So and we'll never stop. Right. And 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 to us we think that it's not something that we can do ourselves. We need industry to help us. Mm. Right. Because these kids are going to go into industry. They are your future pipeline. Yeah. So you know anyone from industry, you have an opinion, come and talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're very keen to listen. Yeah. Because you know what? You're also invested in this. Yeah. You're going to get those kids in. That's right. right? The workforce, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. And then please don't complain. Right? Don't complain that, oh, I have to retrain them. Come and t- tell us instead. Tell us what, what you had to retrain them in mm. so that we can help as well. Mm. But this is how we look at it. It's a partnership. Industry, academia, and the government. Mm. We need to do this together. Yeah. Right? And it's the most important thing because at the end of the day, you know, education is the fastest way to change a family socio-economic status mm. Mm. right so and frankly that's also what scares me that during this MCO period during this pandemic the world over millions of kids are not in school mm. right and are they getting a quality education mm. if they are not we're going to have a generation that isn't going to be able to be productive or isn't going to achieve the sort of productivity levels that will help their families, mm. right? So that that's really scary. And I guess the other scary bit is that, you know, education is supposed to help us to see humanity, to see the world, you know, and the, the similarities between us, mm. right? Um, you know, globalization is all about that. How do we become more integrated? How do we see the similarities? How do we help each other? With, with this whole borders closing, social distancing, 
I'm really afraid that that's mm. that's the piece that's going to be lost. Yeah. Right. You start with the countries being so siloed, and yeah. then the societies within it being quite ah siloed. right. So so to me that then this is where tech comes in. How do we use tech to make sure that as we have to physically distance ourselves, we are still building the bridges, building the bonds, mm. and you know, seeing how similar we are. Mm. Right? I always think we're very similar because I, I put it this way, okay, whatever color, whatever faith, whatever culture you come from, you tell me as a human being, you don't suffer the same pain when you lose someone. Mm. You don't suffer the same, uh, you know, the most essential thing, when you lose someone, you suffer pain. You don't suffer, You don't enjoy the same joys when you have a child? Mm. You do. Yeah. What's so different about us? Right? So, yeah. Yeah. if you look at it that way, you don't see the differences? Mm. Right? So, yeah. Nice. So, I guess I'll let you go with one last question, right? So, you're seeing how you, at the start, you kind of landed into this job, right? But, what you mentioned when you were in the MNC was, you know, this education or leaving behind a legacy to the others was kind of, was, kind of, was you anyway, right? Yeah. And you just, it kind of the job found you, right? Yes. Now you are where yes. you are and you fulfilled by, you know, helping these thousands of, of kids, right? Yeah. So what's the plans for you yourself moving forward, right? So, so Inti is going to rebuild education, right? Or reinvent education, you say. What about you? What's, what's your own personal plans? Be adaptable, mm. right? Look at everything as an opportunity. Look at everything as an exploration. Mm. I don't have any plans. I'll just see what comes along and and enjoy it, right? And and I'll ask myself, am I making an impact? If I'm making an impact, that's it. Mm. And you seem to be doing it right now, lah. So yes. keep it up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, now thanks yeah, a lot for coming in. No worries. All right, it's been enjoyable. Yeah, thanks. See you soon. Yeah, okay. Bye. Bye.